when people are fat phobic on this platform, you should be uncomfortable. And then send that trans person $5 so they can get themselves a treat. Yeah. Gay people does not produce anything good. Hey everybody, I'm Brad Palumbo and welcome back to the Damage Control Podcast where we are reclaiming the LGBT community from the insane leftists who have taken it over and frankly are running it into the ground. Today, I'm joined by Clarkson Lawson again, and we are running through the insane liberal reaction to the Supreme Court decision on gay rights, asexuality, pride, woke TikToks, a debate over gay people having kids, and so much more. If you're new here, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, yada, 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 and let's get into it. Clarkson, welcome back to Damage Control. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, I got very rave reviews about you the first time around. So you get to be a repeat guest. Uh, I know the honor, right? But some people told me you were their favorite guest so far. So we were gonna we're gonna have to um, live up to that. Now with I'm gonna the, try we've got new viewers too. It's been scaling up and up on YouTube. So welcome, everybody. Welcome back to damage control where we are trying to reclaim the LGBT community from the insane leftists who've taken it over. And today we're talking about the Supreme Court, because unless you've been living under a rock, the Supreme Court issued a pretty big ruling in the realm of free speech and gay rights, ruling uh, six to three that a woman named Lori Smith did not have to design a custom website uh, for a same-sex wedding that celebrated a same-sex wedding. She, her store is open to all people. She, her general services, she'll sell to anyone. That specific thing she did not want to provide and under Colorado civil rights law, they said she had to, and it went all the way to the Supreme Court. And now we're dealing with the aftermath, which has been quite something. Get a look at these uh, TikTok reactions from very stable, not at all insane liberal gays. The US Supreme Court just made it legal for businesses to discriminate against LGBTQ customers. It's like hanging a straights only sign in a shop window. Come on the air with breaking news for same sex couples. When I was a kid, I had two moms, but I didn't know it. My moms told me they were best friends. When I turned 13 and I figured out that I might be gay, I imagined a life where I would live on the side of town and no one would talk to me because I'd be the only gay person in my whole town. And I didn't know that right upstairs, there were two more because the world taught my moms and me that it was bad to be gay. This morning, the Supreme Court. And that's what the Supreme Court just did. Handed down a major decision. For the first time in U.S. history, businesses can now legally and constitutionally <laughs> refuse service to someone just because they're gay. Significant and sweeping decision. Same-sex couple could be kicked out of a restaurant just for being gay. A trans person could be kicked out of a barber shop. The only way we can stop this is to expand the size of the Supreme Court. Would you please sign the petition in my bio? So, Clarkson, did you know that this is the first time in U.S. history that you can ever discriminate against a gay or trans person, apparently? Yeah, the, the first time in U.S. history, right. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, that's not even the part that, like, when he said that, I was a little shocked. But then my favorite part of this video was right at the end where he's like, sign this petition. And I'm like, oh, that's why he's putting on the theatrics, because these 
places will reach out to you and they'll say, oh, get your followers to sign a petition and we'll pay you per sign up. They reach out to me all the time. So this entire video, which is full of information or misinformation, is literally just a money grab for him to get some email signature or emails to sell off to whatever companies. It's so dramatic, too, when, when he shows this clip of like, you can kick a gay person out of a restaurant. <laughs> you can ban a trans person from the barber shop. That is like just objectively not true. That's not what this case was about. It was stipulated in this case that Lori Smith's business is open to the public. Her general services, she does not discriminate. Um, let me read you something from a liberal law professor that I follow, Anthony Michael Kreis, I think you say is how you say his name. Now he disagrees with the decision, but he told NBC News that 90, 95% of the kind of ordinary public accommodations, commercial transactions that people have will remain untouched. He used as examples, sandwich shops, mechanics, hotels, and I guess for this guy's example, barber shops, right? Restaurants. And he said where there's no expressive content. And so he says he thinks the decision is wrong, but he wants people to know that LGBT people have a robust and undisturbed right to be served in many jurisdictions, notwithstanding today's decision. So I guess with all this stuff, I just really hate the hysteria of it. Mm -hmm. It's like you're kind of proving the stereotype that gay people are freaking dramatic by just <laughs> by this zooming in and this um, intensity and, and you just have no relation to the actual facts. We're taught we can get into the nuances of the court ruling, but it's pretty narrow, right? It's and it's right. not going it, it's only a small subset of commercial activity that involves literal speech will be involved here. So it's like, no, they can't put up a straight only sign in the window. That's not what this case was about. And it's never what this case was about. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's a free speech issue. And, you know, I kind of go back and forth on this case, because if it's a free speech issue in this case to where if a web designer doesn't want to design gay marriages, just as Brad has said on his Twitter, and he said to me before we started recording, he wouldn't want to design a website that's for Christians putting homophobic verses all over it. So it, it's a free speech issue. But the question here is that should it be regulated by the government? Because I go back and forth. I don't want you know a website designer to say, hey, I don't agree with interracial marriages. I'm not going to serve you. But in the same sense, that's kind of antithetical to being an advocate for free speech. So I'm still in the middle. I'm sure I'll be decided by the time this is out of the news cycle. But, you know, I go back and forth on it. No, I do understand because I do support, for example, basic non-discrimination laws and things like housing and employment. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, I don't think an apartment complex should be able to say, we won't rent uh, apartments to transgender people. Like I think that right. is within the bounds of appropriate public accommodations, anti-discrimination law. But I think specific services, I want to have a small free speech carve out for if the specific service violates your beliefs and is inherently expressive. So selling someone a cookie is not expressive, but mm -hmm. printing a message on a t-shirt or a website, there's something speech oriented about that. And I just am never comfortable with the government compelling speech that, that people object to, partly because it has to go both ways, right? I want the right to refuse messages that I disagree with. So I have to support that for other people. And we have to draw a couple distinctions here. One is between what is moral and good and right. And one is what the law should permit. 
And those are not the same thing, at least in my worldview. So for example, if somebody really wanted to refuse to design a website advocating in favor of interracial marriage because they are racist, I would say legally that's their First Amendment right to refuse that. But right. it's totally immoral and they should be boycotted and probably driven out of business. And that's fine. Which brings me to the other, the flip side of these cases that I keep wondering is as a gay person, I don't want to give my money to someone that doesn't support me. So what is this, this persistent pursuing of these people? Why? Yeah. You know, I was thinking the same thing. It's like, okay, well, I don't want to give her my money anyways. Like don't bake my cake. Don't design my website. I don't, I would much rather give it to somebody who at least looks at me as, you know, a human being. Um, so, you know, I, I never really understood that. It's a, it's a tough case. I mean, maybe it should be handled at a state level or, or a little bit lower for me to say, okay, the government can step in here. Uh, but I think I'll, I'll decide a little bit later on on where I stand on it. And I'm, I'm going to play the happy middle today. Okay. Yeah, no, that's yeah. fine. I, I get it. It is complicated. A lot of these mm-hmm. ones are, and that's what I, I hate the hysteria of, of the conversation that like the sky is falling. Actually, mm-hmm. it's a pretty nuanced case applying to a pretty small subset of commercial transactions. And it's only even relevant in about half the states because um, about half the states don't have sexual orientation as a, a protected characteristic. So in those states, you literally could put a no straights allowed or a no gays allowed sign, um, which I don't support. I don't agree with. Uh, but that is, it's just, it's just, we can never discuss these things within like a normal, sane, you know, what's actually going on here. I don't know if you saw this, but like, even, even this, this uh, gay news guy, the breaking gay news, he's, <laughs> what he says about expand the Supreme Court, that's nuts because you know what would happen right it's like they would expand it which means pack it which is typically something dictators do is pack Mm -hmm. the courts to get their balance and then republicans would respond and pack it again and then again and again and you'd have a vicious cycle before you know it we'd have 500 justices the supreme court would be a joke and we would lose a vital branch of our constitutional government and this guy's doing that over a website well, yeah, because he's getting a check for it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just the truth of the matter here. And and to go back to the premise of the case, which I think I'm like making up my mind on this podcast. I hope that's okay. But if I'm a public speaker and somebody, you know, wants to come to my business and ask me to speak at an event, if creative expression isn't protected by the First Amendment, then I would essentially have to go and speak at an event if they wanted me to that is blatantly homophobic or wanting me to speak about homophobic topics. No, wouldn't that be kind of the same situation here? So maybe I am more on the, on the right side of this issue. (laughs) I mean, you don't have to decide right now. It's fine. um, But I do think a lot of people have a hard time with free speech when it's like really testing their convictions. And I try to be, I'm sure I'm not perfect. I try to be about as close to a free speech absolutist as I can uh, and that includes like disagreeing with the right sometimes, because sometimes people on the right are pushing stuff that is uh, antithetical to free speech. But it also means having my fair share of disagreements with the LGBT activists, because I really and I don't know if you have perceived this in the same way. 
I see them, a lot of them, and I'm not talking about the whole community, but I'm talking about the leftists, the activists, the political class. They have this like destroy mindset, not persuade, not convince, but like, I will make you conform. You, I will make you accept me. Yeah, it's about power. It's like burn it down. And I, I think that that's not necessarily just gay people or that subset. It's more of just leftism in general. You see this where they're like, every structure in society is systemically racist. Therefore, we have to change everything. And I think that is really a testament to most of their intelligence. Uh, because if you're not able to have nuanced conversations about each societal structure that you have a problem with and how you can and come up with solutions to fix it, you're most likely just blindly, you know, grabbing onto an ideology that says burn it down because you don't want to put the effort in to critically form your opinions. Well, speaking of burning it down, uh, next up, I want to talk about this story where this professor at a public college bound by the First Amendment says he was fired for teaching basic biology that your chromosomes determine your sex. Take a look at this news clip. Now, doctor, you were an adjunct professor down in Texas and a longtime adjunct professor, 20 years. Uh, you lost your position, and this is a very complicated and, and interesting case. Tell us what happened in November that led to this dismissal. Yeah, I, I've been uh, teaching at uh, St. Philip's College, which is one of the community colleges in San Antonio since 2003, four, and uh, till uh, fall of 2022. And uh, in January of this month, uh, sorry, January of this year, on the 12th of January, I received an email from the vice president of the department um, of the school that uh, they are doing an ethic violation investigation on me. So I responded to his email and asked him, what are the complaints? And, uh, you know, just give me more info about it. So what he said was, uh, the human resources will contact me. Nobody contacted me from human resources. And on January 27th, which is like a two weeks after the first email, I received another email uh, with a letter of termination. Now, this, did you know at that point what some of these complaints were centered no, around? No, I the first email, no, I have no clue. I never knew what was coming up. Now, in November, and correct me if I'm wrong, you you had been teaching and you talked about, um, you know, that sex is determined by chromosomes X and Y, you know, very basic sort of biological truths. You were teaching that and a couple of students walked out of the room. Um, is that true? And if that's yes. true, is that the root yeah. of this? Yeah, let me just uh, clarify that point because when I got the letter of termination, uh, what the VP mentioned was that uh, uh, some of the complaints were offensive to the homosexuals and transgender. So I presume and I assume that uh, very possible it is based on human reproductive system, which I thought which I taught, which was in November. You know, when I start a semester, I teach human re reproductive system towards the end of that semester, which is November first. I don't exactly remember, but I think it towards the end of uh, November. 
what I taught is just biology for the last, same thing I taught for the last 20 years. So I don't know what happened. Yeah, that is true. When I taught this class, uh, four of my students just walked out. All right. Uh, a lot going on there. Your thoughts? There's a lot going on. But the one thing I want to highlight, especially in this article, is how it says it's discriminatory to homosexuals to teach basic biology XXXY. And I want to, I, maybe I should reach out to, to this school and let them know that I am attracted to men, biological men. There's no separation between, you know, gender and sex. That's what makes me gay. But it's interesting how when you say gender's on a spectrum, somehow gay people automatically get lumped in and it's now discriminatory towards us. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. What's actually discriminatory is telling people that, you know, being gay doesn't actually exist because gender is a spectrum. You're not attracted to men. You're attracted to whatever this concoction of a man is. So I just thought it was really interesting how as I'm reading this, which should be an issue about, you know, trans issues, it somehow being gay is brought up. Yeah, it is crazy to me. And I guess we have to proceed on the assumption that the professor's side of the story is the truth because we don't have right. the other side of the story yet. But if we accept the professor's side of the story as the facts here, then first off, even if he did say something offensive, it is a free speech issue that professors have academic freedom rights, including to say something offensive. But simply saying things like, there are two sexes, they are determined by your chromosomes, uh, men and women, males and females must join together to reproduce. Like, how are we reaching a point where that's something that people will walk out of your class over? I mean, are these people just like out of touch with reality? It's it, it blows my mind that the trust the science crowd is completely denying science as a whole now. And it, it's permeating every single institution, this ideology. It's like a virus. And it's really worrisome because, you know, if it doesn't somehow you get brought back to reality, at least in the scientific field, what it like what is that gonna mean for our country and our world ten years from now? So it's stuff like this, you know, there's the trending news headlines that we can talk about, but it's things like this that people really need to start paying attention to, especially in the field of like medicine and science, because this is what's going to shape the world 10 years from now. And if it goes, if it keeps going down this path, it's not looking good. It's right. I agree with you. It's one thing when like wokeness infects the liberal arts departments, your right. poetry department, whatever. It's a whole nother thing when wokeness infects your medical schools. And it is. I can tell you. I've read articles. I have some uh, inside experience from people I know about like pretty anti-science ideology making its creep into medicine and into science and into even things like coding. And that's really disturbing <laughs> to me because these should be as rational and objective fields as you can get. But instead, the emotional, like ideological uh, worldview is creeping even into those and to the point where apparently now a professor can get in trouble for saying there are two biological, which is funny because even, you know, some of my trans transgender or transsexual friends like Blair White would acknowledge that, right? They would say like, yes, that's the truth. And I'm, you know, that doesn't conflict with who I am. 
Well, yeah, in order to have gender dysphoria, there has to be two genders that you're dysphoric about. You're dysphoric right. about the other one. So it's it's actually antithetical to being transgender by saying that there are not two genders because then what do I have gender dysphoria about? I'm just me. But it, you know, it's... I had a conversation with a doctor who is like pro affirmative care and he sent me all of these resources of his learning and I have respect for him even though we completely disagree. But it's interesting that one part of it says that that's a part of this affirmative care model is completely affirming that if somebody says it's their gender, that you have to say, yes, that is you, you were born in the wrong body. And that is a spiritual argument because you can't be born in the wrong body unless you like believe that there is in somehow an essence of a soul that should have been born in another one. And that's already in medicine. So it's a spirit. It's honestly a religion at this point that's infecting every single aspect of our society. And I would say the same thing if Christianity started going into the field of medicine, it should be completely objective and based in reality. Yeah. The whole idea that you must affirm whatever you're told by an impressionable young person seems nuts to me because right. Teenagers change their minds about things all the time. 11 and 12 year olds will tell us things. In no other arena would we say we must accept whatever they're told. But I do want to go back to this story and talk about one other aspect of it. So on one part, it's a free speech thing. They're punishing this guy for, uh, he says, just teaching basic biology. But the second part that was disturbing to me was actually a due process question because they didn't even tell him what he was accused of. He had no opportunity mm -hmm. to confront his accusers or prevent present evidence in his defense. And he was just, he received that he was being investigated. They wouldn't answer questions about it. And then he gets a termination letter. Boom. That's like kind of a kangaroo court system that you can just lose your job for offending the, the pre precepts of wokeness and you don't even get a chance to defend yourself. Well, leftists don't believe in due process because due process involves examining arguments. And the minute you bring, you know, an examination to someone's this, truth, right, then they automatically lose. Like, how? Are, what are they going to defend? A, a spiritual belief when you're like, well, X, X and X, Y, this is why they don't debate. They cancel. They, they shut you down. They, they, compl they don't believe in free speech because if they did, it would be embarrassing for them. So I, it's so funny, and this is a little bit of tangent, but it's really funny that you just make that point because I made a TikTok yesterday responding to a young black woman who was saying that in capitalism, uh, they want the non-white people to die. And I think that's... Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I think that's absurd. I think actually in capitalism, they want your money if you're a non-white person. <laughs> they want you as consumers or customers. And so I respond to this, and on TikTok, all the comments are not like making a counter argument, but they're saying not a white man thinking he can question <laughs> the truth of a woman of color or not, not a white man trying to mansplain the uh, experiences of people of color. It's like there almost is this religious aspect to it where you're not allowed to by virtue of who you are or, or someone's truth being perceived as somehow off, off limits. It's like you're not even allowed to make an argument and they don't have to make an argument. They just win because they are the right box, I guess. Well, I mean, it's identity politics. That's the whole purpose of it. it there's a quote from Margaret Thatcher where I'm, I'm going to say it wrong, but essentially once they start attacking you personally, they don't have a single argument left. 
And that is the whole premise of identity politics. If you're white, if you're straight, if you are a man, it's like mansplaining, oh, a straight man, you don't understand. And to me, you know, I used to get so mad at it because I'm like, why, why, why can't you just have a discussion? But now I'm just like, oh, you can't have a discussion because you literally can't defend your beliefs. It's telling. It's like it shouldn't be that hard to make an actual argument, but they don't. Right. right. All right. On a, a little bit of a lighter note, I want to get your thoughts on something related to Pride. And just side note, I'm just so freaking glad Pride is over. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. I'm exhausted. So this is a tweet from someone named Yasmin Benoit, who her bio says she's a model and award-winning asexual advocate, uh, founder of the UK's first asexual rights initiative. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I think you could <laughs> I think you can see where I'm going with this, but there's a yeah, picture sorry. of her holding up the I guess the asexual flag. I'd never seen this before. And her tweet says asexual people deserve equal rights. We deserve legal recognition. We deserve protection. And this has gone viral, has 20 million views on Twitter. And I guess I'm just kind of confused. Because I'm just not aware of what rights you would not have in society by simply being celibate. Yeah, like who are you trying to marry? Because nobody, right? The, the whole thing about like being gay, right? It's like, well, when you're walking down the street and holding hands with your boyfriend, people who are homophobic might lash out at you. But nobody's going to see you, know that you're asexual, and judge or discriminate against you for it. Yeah, like I can't see your sexual battery. Like it's not something that's just like this isn't a video game. Like you you have no sexual like energy next to you. Like I don't I don't understand this. I I don't understand being asexual. She's not asexual. She's probably just on antidepressants or she's depressed and her sex drive is low. So now she needs to find some meeting elsewhere so she's latched onto the A in the alphabet. I don't I don't it's I just... guess I will, I will caveat it that I don't fully understand asexuality and it could be that there is some portion of the population that is just born without any sex drive. But I think it would often probably be some sort of hormonal imbalance or something. Absolutely. Cuz humans are meant to experience a sex drive. So I think in many cases, like things like antidepressants can, but also other things like hair medication, right? They can mm -hmm. reduce or eliminate your sex drive, but I'm not sure that's like always a immutable characteristic. And I wouldn't want people to accept something as immutable that's fundamentally depriving them of, of one of the most meaningful, you know, parts of the human experience when maybe for some of them, at least it could be changed. Well, yeah, it seems like that's something that we wouldn't want in a population. Like, why would you want to be asexual? Wouldn't you want to get to the bottom of that and try to fix whatever the issue might be? But I, mean, I, I guess I will say, own. though, isn't this what they uh, this is kind of something similar to what they said about gay people? Well, not really. I mean, you can you can draw the correlation, but I, I mean, you can also say that about, you know, trans issues. But at the end of the day, it's not the same thing because gay people are sexually attracted to somebody else while asexual people are quite literally not experiencing any attraction whatsoever, which doesn't really make any sense considering our bodies are scientifically like disposed to designed, be attracted yeah. to designed to be attracted to something. So I don't know. I think 
it doesn't make any sense. I'd love to have a conversation with someone who's asexual to truly understand it. So maybe that's and the I guess next I don't step. really care. Like if you just don't want to have yeah. sex with anybody, you do you. But what I'm not really accepting of is the idea that you're somehow like being victimized. That you need equal rights or legal recognition. What does that even mean? What? Yeah, exactly. Well, what that's, rights are you being? Here's denied? the thing, because it's not about rights anymore. It's about privileges. And they see that, you know, gay people have privileges in our society and are becoming so socially privileged, I would say, um, not, you know, on a government level. So it's like, oh, we deserve recognition so I can now be a part of the group and get that social privilege of saying I'm asexual, which to them equates to equal rights, when at the end of the day, it's not about equal rights. No. And also some asexual people have sex and are in relationships. So, which... I just have a lot of questions, honestly, mm -hmm. no shade, no hate. I just, a lot of this isn't making sense to me. Um, and I, I wonder if some of it is the desire to hop on the LGBTQIA2 plus whatever bandwagon that we see with a lot of Gen Zers looking for some way to identify as part of it because it is become a, a form of social currency of victimhood of clout. Um, and so, for example, like this woman seems to have made an entire career around being asexual and mm, convenient. No hate from me, but a little bit of shade because I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we got to get into uh, some woke TikToks. So prepare to lose a few oh, brain gosh. cells. Uh, you're going to want to probably scratch your eyes out, but you have been warned and now let's roll the first one. You don't need to understand people's pronouns, Clarkson. You just have to accept them. I'll tell you something super important for life in general, but especially as fascists ramp up the moral panic around things like queerness. You need to get used to the fact that you're not going to understand everyone and that that's okay. There will come a time in your life where you either hear about or directly encounter a person whose sexuality or gender identity or pronouns makes absolutely no sense to you. But, and here's the crucial part, if they are not hurting anyone, just say, okay, and move on with your life. I promise you, it is not something you have to overanalyze. It's not something that you have to care about super hard. It's just, it doesn't matter. Because like I've said before, conservatives prey on things like fear and disgust. And if you allow your confusion to turn into fear or disgust, they will absolutely radicalize it against you. Not everyone needs to be comprehensible to you. Get used to that. So there has to be kind of a limit to this, like, just accept whatever people tell you. I covered like somebody who goes by Lorax pronouns on the show the other week. And there's got to be a limit, right, to just accept whatever they say they are. Well, yeah. And it's also, what does accept mean? Does accept mean that my speech now has to change because you want to be known as like a Disney character or as a cat because I'm not going to use meow meow pronouns. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I don't really know what accept means. If it means like not be violent towards you, obviously, I, I have no problem if you think the sky is purple. But if you want me to accept it and then take on this belief system, you have to at least prove it to me as to why it's valid. And yeah, I mean, they're not doing a great job of that. No. And the other thing is this TikToker actually makes a little bit of sense when she or they or whatever is saying um, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not that big a deal, whatever. And if that's true, that's good. But also then it shouldn't be that big a deal whether other people accept it or not. 
right? Right, exactly. And it's it's like, okay, well, if it doesn't matter and you just are going to have the live and let live mentality, then it shouldn't matter if somebody uses your correct pronouns. Like it, because this is your belief system. But these same mine. people act like it's a, a hate crime to not use their pronouns or, or whatever. Right, right. It's But I, I did find the ending interesting how um, she said that you know, conservatives will radicalize you. Meanwhile, in the hashtags of that video, it's like communist, neo pronouns, um, <laughs> you know, anarchist. I'm like, you want to talk about being radicalized, Woke honey? TikTok like, radicalizes people. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure you're in the business of doing that now. It's just a radical ideology you don't agree with. But also, what you know what makes people conservative? <laughs> Content like this. Right. It yeah. It really does. Mm-hmm. And content like this next video because i don't know if you know this clarkson but you should be doing the chores of random trans people in your life apparent according to this one TikToker. take a listen if you're cis i want you to message the trans person in your life and ask them what is one thing that you can do to lighten their load this week whether that be grocery shopping folding laundry doing dishes ask the trans people in your life if there's a task or something that you can offer them to help with the burden that we're carrying because we're having to deal with all of this stuff right now while having to deal with all of the life stuff that we regularly deal with. And the regular life stuff that we deal with is life stuff and then there's transphobia and living as a trans person in the world and then there's what's going on right now which is all of that combined. And then send that trans person $5 so they can get themselves a treat. I love this. We've moved on from like equality, don't discriminate, to now do my laundry and send me money or you're a transphobe. You're a bigot. Right. Send me money because this stuff and then this stuff too and then also this stuff and this stuff are all hurting me so I need a free coffee. I'm like, girl, what stuff are you talking about? You're literally just saying stuff. 50 times, but I know why she needs a coffee because this person, I don't know what their pronouns are, was pretty infamous for making a video canceling a coffee shop that they got fired from because they claimed the owners were transphobic. So I think they're out of a job. Like, which no, sweetie, you were probably why. Doing really annoying. You probably No, and do that's any exactly, work. that's exactly, well, um, she was asking them to like not page or not serve cops at an event or give cops donuts or something. I don't know, it was so crazy, but I get it. Like you need me to buy you a coffee, not because all this stuff is too much, but because you don't have a job. Cause you're a brokey. <laughs> yeah, cause, cause you're poor girl, we, we see it, it's That's fine. A new problem. <laughs> I, yep. love, I, I love this too. Like you'll see this with trans activists on Twitter. They'll have like the their cash app in bio and they're like, mm-hmm. the transphobia is really hard today. Send money or something. I'm like, no, honey, it's not transphobia. It's just life that you're not doing well at. That's all. It's just, yes, you should be, you should be actively. I would be weirded out if I was a trans person and people in my life text me were like, hey, can I do your laundry to show my allyship? I'd be like, what is wrong with you, weirdo? Like, that's not normal behavior. I mean, I'm really bad with chores, so I would say yes. But (laughs) (laughs) it's funny how she says they're exhausted 
Girl, we are exhausted, okay? It started as he, she, that's it. And now it's he, she, they, them, per, per, neo, what, I don't, it's like, you think you're exhausted with this? Like, you're exhausting yourself. Keeping up with this ideology is exhausting. So maybe look inwards. That's why you're exhausted. It has nothing to do with other people. And I will just say this. I think that we are officially, you and me, are oppressed until people come and start doing our laundry and what else Mm -hmm. did you say? Going grocery shopping for us and sending us $5. So I'm going to put my Venmo in the description of this video. Mm -hmm. And if you're watching right now and you don't send me $5, you are uh, a bigot and we're going to get you fired from your job. You are contributing to the homophobia in America if you don't buy us coffee every day. So speaking of trans and non-binary activists uh a non-binary activist named jamie is going viral because they were posted on libs of tiktok complaining about the experiences of being misgendered when applying for jobs take a look at this video i genuinely think that people don't realize how deeply microaggressions and misgendering affect trans people in like every facet of life so here's the tiny example i auditioned slash interviewed for this film intensive and one of the things i talked about in my interview was being a gender fluid actor and wanting to find affirmative spaces to tell queer narratives one of the administrators who has her pronouns in her email signature pushes me on to the final round with this email that misgenders me three different times my pronouns are in my email signature my zoom name my resume my application and on my film reel so i respond cordially and I add this. Before I've even met anyone for this final interview, I've had to correct an administrator in front of her boss, and I've already had to be on the defense defending my own identity. This just creates an awkward power dynamic that could have been completely avoided. And depending on this person's response, it can either be a non-issue or it puts me at a major disadvantage. This is something cis people just do not deal with. And it's also really easy to get someone's pronouns right, especially when you're typing them out. So, just a guess, I don't think they're gonna hire this person. No, that's, yeah, yeah, it's, it, but apparently it's really easy to get someone's pronouns right, Brad, so I, I don't see why they wouldn't hire them. I just, I'm you know? sorry. It's very easy. Look, I don't, I'm not trying to be mean, but I don't really accept the non-binary thing at all, but moreover, you have a beard and chest hair, and you're going to be upset that people might mistakenly refer to you as he, him? That seems kind of unreasonable. Well, it is grammatically incorrect. So it would be different, like if this video was about an actual trans person with gender dysphoria, even I would still take issue with like the whole dramatic surrounding it. But this is a person who goes by grammatically incorrect pronouns. No, no, you know, bad word there that people are going to get them wrong. So I don't understand why they don't understand that this is not easy to get your pronouns correctly because your pronouns go against everything we've been taught since the sixth grade yeah but also even if you do uh, get them wrong in a couple places it's just not a good idea to like correct someone and be a karen about it when you're applying for a job i will tell this to young writers because my background is in uh, newspaper writing and I published in a lot of big places. And so young writers will ask me for advice and I will tell them, make yourself the easiest person to work with so that an editor has just the easiest experience. Accept edits, don't fuss about headlines, like don't make yourself a pain to work with and it, it, they are much more likely to keep hiring you to write for their papers or their outlets. 
it's the same kind of thing. It's like, the, I'm sure this is a, a tolerant, inclusive, woke company. I'm sure they mm -hmm. would be just fine with your non-binary identity. But for you to be nitpicking about little things sends the message that you're going to be difficult to work with, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously the company supports them because he even said, or she, sorry, see, even I'm messing it up because they even said that they went on a whole tangent about being a non-binary, you know, person in this interview and they still pushed him to the next, pushed them to the next round. So I'm really struggling with this, but it's fine. Uh, so clearly the company is supportive and it's just a mistake because we're all human, but this goes to show how detrimental this ideology is to live by because you're consistently sourcing validation and trying to control other people's actions to your own detriment. Yeah. Like you're not going to succeed if you're this focused on what other people are thinking and saying about you because now you just lost an opportunity because of your incessant need for validation. So I agree with you. I think though this relates to a broader issue and this video spawned a, a bigger conversation about this kind of topic so let me read you a headline from cnbc that was floating around resumes including they them pronouns are more likely to be overlooked comma new report finds uh and it says uh, according to a new report from business.com over 90 over 80 percent of non-binary people believe that identifying as non-binary would hurt their job search similarly 51 percent believe their gender identity has affected their workplace experience very or somewhat negatively and people had um thoughts about this and so they actually went a step further. They sent to uh, business.com, sent two identical phantom resumes to 180 job postings. And then they tested whether they were identical, except one of them had they, them, uh, and one had no pronouns, I believe. And so the phantom resume that included the they, them pronouns received 8% less interest. Now, that doesn't seem to be a very scientific or large finding. And also the uh, earlier point about how, well, they say they would, that they believe it would be hurt as being non-binary um, isn't scientific to just ask people, do they feel that they, they would be discriminated against? Doesn't actually tell you anything about real world discrimination, but just on the, on the premise, um, because technically it would be illegal to discriminate against somebody for having they, them pronouns because gender identity is a, is a, in the civil rights act now. Um, however, to me, and I tweeted this and people were like a little mad about it, but I said to me, they, them pronouns are a near 100%, not a 100%, but probably a 99% proxy for like a toxic leftist politically that I would not want to work yes. with. And so there's probably some exception out there, but generally speaking, I do think, and I I'm not admitting to anything in the real world, but hypothetically, I can see why somebody would discriminate against an employee with they, them pronouns, because to me, it tells me you're probably ultra woke and probably horrible to work with. Right. And I believe in, cause I, I, I do interview, so I don't, you know, discriminate based off of any of that just because I believe in the exception. So I will always bring somebody into the interview, but I understand the concern that once you get into the interview, it's going to turn into something like the video we just watched, like consistent corrections, focusing on what other people are doing around you rather than the work that's, or the task that's at hand. So I, I don't disagree with the, you know, idea 
that somebody with they them pronouns may be more inclined to act in a way that is not conducive to a good working environment because you know at the end of the day you can make up a new identity and then say you're oppressed if you put that identity on a resume and that's really what being non-binary is nowadays it is a, a identity that was made up a few years ago and now is claiming oppression status it's like no wonder people are confused looking at your resume because this is new and it also doesn't make much sense it's also politically coded so to me right. you might as well put dem slash ocrat on your bio on your resume right, right? and so is it it's not wrong or at least it's not the same kind of thing as I, discriminating against somebody for being non-binary is akin to discriminating against somebody for their political ideology, I think. And mm -hmm. discriminating against somebody for their politics, I, maybe I'm not a huge fan depending on the context, but it's not like discriminating against someone for being black because you choose which party or which ideas to align yourself with. You don't choose the pigment right. of your skin. So it's not like a discrimination in the same kind of way. Well, yeah, and the ideas that you align yourself with are indicative of how you work. So I wouldn't see this as discrimination. I would see this as an employer's right to to hire someone based off of what they see fit for their company. Uh, but again, you know, I uh, I always, you know, I'm on the side of the uh, what's the word, the exception. So I I mean, I have a friend that's claimed to be non-binary. I don't agree with it. But we are great friends and we disagree on that one issue. Would I hire her uh, because she lets me call her her uh, because she can, you know, whatever. Yeah, I would because I think that she would be a great worker. But do I agree with her identity? No. So I would say don't discriminate based off of it, but ask good questions in the interview. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But also I wouldn't be shocked. Like if maybe don't leave yeah. with it. Like, yes, just as a Maybe matter just... of advice, maybe just it can come out in the interview or after you've, you know, started meeting people. Actually, I prefer to be have neutral pronouns, but leading with it sends a signal that I don't think is the signal you want to send as a job applicant. Yeah. Um, we need to talk about fat phobia, Clarkson, because fat phobia is deeply linked to homophobia and transphobia, apparently. Uh, and of course, we are probably the wrong people to talk about fat phobia, according to the wokes, because neither of us are particularly uh, fat, but. Because we're fat phobic. I mean, I am a little fat phobic, I'll be honest. I think we'll get into it, but I think I don't believe it. I don't believe in body shaming, but I also don't believe in body positivity. Um, there we go. All right, let's roll this TikTok from a woman named Samira who says, quote, it is irresponsible to spew fat phobia on this app. Fat phobia should make you uncomfortable because it is intertwined with every single other system of oppression that exists. It is related to sexism, racism, homophobia, xenophobia, classism. And so when you talk about one, you talk about it all. Which is why I say it is irresponsible, disrespectful, and hateful to come on this app and be fat phobic. Okay, your reaction. 
That was a that was a great slam poetry session right there. <laughs> the dramatic pauses, amazing. No, um, I am fat phobic. I will always say that, not to other people, but to myself. Because if I wasn't fat phobic, I would get fat. Like I am genuinely scared of getting fat. And I don't want to get fat. That's not good for your health. Right. So I'm like, um, I am going to stay the way I am and work out when I binge and gain a roll on my stomach. And you can do you, you know, if you want to be unhealthy and you want to get fat, I'm not going to judge you for it. I'm not going to shame you for it, but I'm also not going to pretend like it's not unhealthy. See, I am going to judge you a little for it, to be honest. Okay. Well, maybe. Yeah, uh, that's you're right. The, I will judge you. There for are it, rare but not exceptions of people like yeah. with thyroid conditions or who truly can't help it. But most people who are, and I'm not talking about like, you're a little pudgy, like you're not, you know, the airbrush model. Right. I'm saying if you're truly obese in almost all situations, that is a result of your choices as an adult. And I do think it's okay to judge someone doesn't mean they're a terrible person, but that they don't take care of themselves. I think it says something about them. That's not always the greatest. And I think it's okay to acknowledge that. Well, yeah, and this there's this whole idea that you can't judge one aspect of a person. And I've never really understood it because I can look at a person who is morbidly obese and make a judgment, which is in our nature, and say they don't have much self-control. Now, wherever that comes from is their own business. But the fact is they clearly don't have self-control because they've they've let themselves go. Does that mean they're a terrible person? Does that mean I'm judging them on their morality or on who they are? No, but I'm judging that one specific aspect of them. And I know that I can look at myself and say, well, I'm not gonna do that. So I'm gonna make the judgment and say that that is wrong or that I don't agree with that. So I don't do it myself. Yeah, I also have this, um, I have to push back on conflating fatness with like race. Or something because with the rare exceptions that I mentioned like people with a thyroid condition or something being fat is a choice whereas your skin color your sexuality these things are not choices so treating someone differently because of something that's immutable that's beyond their control is morally wrong treating someone differently because of the choices they make or having an opinion of someone that's different because of the things they choose to do in their life we do that all the time that's not discrimination that's evaluation Ooh, yeah, that's good. That's good. We also, you know, wouldn't have a, like our society is based on evaluation. Like you said, like we look at somebody, we look at someone's resume and based off of their choices on where they've worked, how long they worked there, maybe they've only been working six months, six months, six months. We make the choice to evaluate them and say, hmm, that's questionable. Let's dig into that. So when you look at somebody who is morbidly obese, you're going to need to evaluate whether or not that person, you know, aligns with whatever it is that you're trying to qualify them for. Yeah. And I also am not sure you're helping them by being body positive and saying fat is beautiful, healthy at any size, because we have people dying in the United States from obesity. It's like, I think the number one or up there causes of death, obesity related illnesses. And so I don't believe in shaming people or putting them down. Like I would never want to insult or mock someone for their body, but you also shouldn't affirm unhealthiness or celebrate it or act like it's beautiful or anything like that. And that's what a lot of these people do. And I actually think they're not helping. I think they're harming and they're encouraging people to stay in lifestyles that will shorten their lifespan possibly and i don't think that's kind i don't think that's loving and tolerant i think it's enabling 
Yeah, it's evil, actually. And, you know, I, I even posted a video about this specific video the other day, and somebody commented, and they're like, a little bit of empathy goes a long way. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. But a lot of empathy breeds naivety. Like, you're being naive by pretending that this person is not killing themselves slowly. And the question that they should be asking themselves if someone's morbidly obese is, are you suicidal? Because every time that you overeat and you contribute to this lifestyle, because it is a lifestyle, it's a choice, you are killing yourself. So this is the one topic that I get hate from, you know, conservatives and liberals both, because, you know, unfortunately, 80% of our population, not 50 to 80% is like in the obese range or whatever. I don't know the exact statistics, so y'all can fact check me on that. But it, it kind of it tugs people the wrong way. But I'm not gonna I'm not going to pretend like this is healthy because I'm not an evil person. Ah, I want what's best for you. And this woman in this video, we can tell she's not in good health, and I want her to improve that for her sake. I don't want to tell her that that's beautiful or slay queen or anything like that because that might be nice on the surface but big picture i'm not sure it's actually nice i'm not sure it's actually what's in her best interest i don't think it is at all yeah well people who are truly body positive aren't going to let their body get to that point because you're not helping your body you're actively working against it so it's unfortunate. And I want to clarify that, you know, having a little bit of extra fat, having your body, I'm not saying everybody needs to have washboard abs or everybody has to have a certain body type or be a model. I think you should love yourself regardless of your size, but love yourself enough to continue to make healthy choices. Don't love yourself to the point of being naive and slowly killing yourself. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. All right. Now I want to talk about one last thing this episode. And there's some viral discourse about surrogacy, adoption, gay parenting, all this good, fun, lighthearted stuff. And it started with a viral video that's been resurfacing on Twitter because CBS News has posted it. It's now have been viewed 31.5 million times, at least impressions on Twitter. The caption is, this is the moment Ben and his husband Aaron met their daughter Charlotte for the first time. Let's roll this clip. initial reaction to this was just like, okay, it's a little cringe, um, but you know, happy for them, whatever, keep scrolling. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was a nice video. Yeah. I like watching it because I, I'm going to have kids and I'm going to be in the same position and I know that angers people. So I thought it was a nice video and it's clear that they're going to love that baby. Uh, so I think that, you know, the baby going into a good home, there should be some positivity surrounding but that. But there so was not. Just as a matter of fact, the comment section is the most negative thing 
I have seen in a long time. And it says, so here's a tweet from Lauren Chen. Where is the mother? This just makes me sad knowing there is a woman off screen who has just given, given birth and is without her newborn. Um, Billboard Chris said, this is an abomination. And no, that's not anti-gay. This is anti-nature anti-mother and anti-baby it is nothing but selfishness on the part of the men intentionally setting up a child for life without a mother should be illegal liz wheeler says this is not cute this is heartbreaking the poor baby was ripped from her mother and given to strangers um, a, a woman named marina medvin says this is an act of cruelty to the baby uh shame on you another person said a child is not to be traded a child is not to be taken from a mother at birth and sold to men who act like they just got a fancy new car. Uh, other people bizarrely accuse this couple of human trafficking because they all, a lot of them assumed this was a surrogacy. A uh, little bit of fact checking would have actually shown you that it was several years old and it was an adoption. The birth mother actually picked them to be the parents of their the, the baby. Um, but I was just depressed by all this negativity and this hatred. And it really just seemed like, God, these people just ha really must have disdain for gay people and gay families. Well, yeah. And can you reread that tweet from Billboard Chris again? Because there's something I want to point out in it. But I, yeah, he I said, this is an again. abomination. And no, that's not anti-gay. This is anti-nature, anti-mother, and anti-baby. It is nothing but selfishness on the part of the men. Intentionally setting up a child for life without a mother should be illegal. Right. So essentially what they're arguing, and it's, it's selective outrage, because if it should be illegal to intentionally give a child away from its mother at birth, then you would argue that all adoption would be illegal because there are, the intention behind sex is to procreate. Whether or not you want the baby, or if it's not there, you're gonna have a baby if, you, if it's male to female sex, if, you know, by chance. So this whole argument that it should be illegal, you would think pro-life commentators would be arguing for Kid for adoption for this because if we're going to say abortion is murder and we're going to sit here and say that all babies should be carried to term and adoption is fine just give it up for adoption when we make abortion illegal then why are we demonizing this in this circumstance and it's clear that it's because the couple is gay it has nothing to do with actual adoption no it doesn't and i think it's just it's it's the opposite of selfishness. They're opening their home and their pocketbook to take care of somebody and give their love and their attention to a child. And I think it's a, a good thing. I think it's a selfless thing. If you're selfish, trust me, I know a lot of selfish gays and they go on cruises and they uh, live the life and they couldn't they wouldn't dream of adopting a child from some um, mother who doesn't want their child like it's just not what they do. And I'm, pr I'm sure that child's going to have every opportunity. And, you know, who knows? I don't know anything about these men. They could be bad parents. They could be good parents. Mm -hmm. But the idea that just because they're a gay couple, they're, they're adopting a child is bad. And also, it's just like so depressing to me how many people are railing about surrogacy in the comments when it's literally not a surrogacy. So they're just either don't care. They're just lying. They just the culture war outrage isn't worth two seconds of fact checking. And how can you I don't know. It's like 
it's just terrible. I'm not here. I'm not sitting it. It's part of something broader. Like, let me, so this is the kind of traditional conservatives, but also you've got these like red pill types like Sneeko, who's this big YouTuber. He just went viral for this take. Again, he's not just, he's, it's not about surrogacy. He's just anti-gay parents existing. Uh, take a listen. Gay people does not produce anything good. It, like, that's just the truth. Like, yes, they, they what, what about a gay family that adopted a bunch of kids who needed a home? That not good? Yeah, but that kid's going to grow up weird because it's not going to have the proper family dynamic. It's worse than actually having a, a mother and father. Yeah, I, of ah. course. I'm not going to say that all gay parents are bad, but it's more likely that a straight family is better than a gay family raising a kid. Ah, Just man, in all, tough, it, Everybody would agree with that. The nuclear family is the best way to produce a happy child. That's just true. Every single... Scientist, doctor, philosopher would agree that a nuclear family is the best way to raise a child. I just love this trend of red pill influencers just spouting off things they just don't know anything about so confidently. And I mean, you just sound gay people doesn't produce anything good. Can you hear yourself talk? Like, do you really should you really be weighing in on complex scientific, scientific, medical and ethical debates when you, you can't even formulate a complete sentence, bro? I mean, give me a break. Yeah, and everybody would agree with that. Everybody would agree with that. Okay, well, what like studies are you referencing? To is it everybody, just popular except opinion? The American Medical Association, except the American Psychological right. Association, except pretty much like all the the major scientific organizations, and they're not always right. That's not like they're not infallible in their wisdom. But don't claim that all the scientists would agree with you that gay parents kids will turn out weird. When first off, I know some people that were raised by gay by a same sex couple and. They turned out great, and most of them don't have um, profound even sadness or regret about it. They're like, yeah, it's just different, and different isn't worse. And obviously that's anecdotal, but there's plenty of studies as well. But fundamentally, you hear this a lot, different is not inherently worse. So is the ideal, you know, this mother-father rosy scenario? Maybe, but also things can be different and they're not worse. There's, there's, I'm sure there's pluses and there's also minuses to having two dads or two moms. But I think any child with a loving home with two parents that will provide for them is going to be all right. And that's not what we need to be worrying about in society. It is the broken homes, the kids that don't have two parents, the kids that have neglectful parents. And it's like, you're just really mad about the, the chromosomes of these two individuals who want to sacrifice and take care of a baby is to me totally missing the point yeah and to go back to the everybody agrees first i just want to take issue with popular opinion does not determine whether something is right i think we all know that and anybody who claims to be red pilled should know that but that's besides the point this whole idea that even if let's operate on the assumption that not having a mother is somehow going to be a hurdle for this child let's operate under the on that even though there's no studies to you know, verify it, that that obstacle a child has to overcome determines the value of their life? No, it doesn't. So I, I or the value of that those parents can bring the child? No, it doesn't. Every child is going to have to deal with obstacles. We all have them. That's just a part of human nature. I'm going to be a gay parent and I am going to understand that my child might wonder where their mother is and that might hurt them depending on the child and it might not, but I'm going to raise my child to be strong enough to overcome that because that's me being a good parent and understanding, you know, that that struggle is not only something that happens to children that are the product of gay parents. It happens to everybody. And, and the trick of being a good parent is raising them to overcome that. So this whole idea that gay parents can't 
can't be parents. It's just it's just wild just to other me families that this have one different struggle. types of challenges that accompany them. Right. And I also want to say that like it's really not true that kids who have same sex parents end up worse in the long run. When raised from birth, I just looked this up briefly. Uh, they did a meta-analysis of 34 studies, and they published their findings in BMJ Global, Global Health. Uh, and they actually found that most of the family outcomes are similar between sexual minority and heterosexual families, and that sexual minority families even have better outcomes in some domains of a couple of the areas. So when you look at things like graduation rates or uh, family in intactness or just all these different things, it's just not apparent at all that they're somehow worse off if they're not in a typical nuclear family structure. Um, but I just, I guess I just am I'm just like, do, they don't really care about that. I, I, they don't care about the, the factual reality of how well can a gay couple take care of a baby. And I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure there are pluses and minuses but you are comparing this like rosy ideal scenario and that is not the fate that awaits most kids in foster care the alternative is not a loving mother and father it, it it's just it, it's complete apples to oranges it's not based in in actual science and studies because in fact the proportion of gay people that choose to adopt is a minority of the gay community that tends to be very yeah. wealthy very put together hardcore family values because like most straight people have kids but only a portion partly because gay marriage was only somewhat recently legalized only a portion of the gay community goes out and has kids and that portion self-selects for people who are very high income very family oriented and in fact those kids will probably have more opportunities in life than the average right they'll probably get a private school they'll probably get like more yeah. attentive parenting not because I'm, I'm certainly not saying gay parents are better than straight parents but what i'm saying is that the self-selects the population self-selects for a type of person that's probably going to do a good job in most cases and so if we're playing this game you're just your evidence is not there no it's not and it makes me question like what do you want from from gay people i would love to ask him this because the first the problem that you'll hear a lot of these red pill people talk about is how degenerate the gay community is and how they don't promote family values and how they need to be a little bit more moral and then you have gay people who are promoting family values having children but that's bad promoting morality don't do that. but it's bad so where, where, where do you want us to be? Do you want us to hide out in our corners, not have kids? Because we're not. not we're not going to do that. Yeah, that's not, it's not going to happen. So this rosy idea that the future is just the nuclear family and that is it, everything else is wrong, that can be your belief. But this idea that we should now get the government to come in and not allow surrogacy, not allow gay parenting to, gay parents to adopt... It's just operating on this this rosy ideal version of society that is just completely not even possible. It also just takes some audacity to go around judging all these loving parents who have made massive sacrifices to adopt and raise kids, uh, judging them. Like, what have you done to help kids? You're just some streamer who says crazy shit on the internet for attention. It, it actually makes me mad. Yeah, it's it's really frustrating, honestly. And let's evaluate, it, like, like, it was you hard. You have the right to go look at his life and evaluate whether he should be allowed to have kids. Because hmm? right. I'm sure and, I can and find what about lots the people of who... problems with the things he's said and done that maybe he shouldn't be a parent. Like, there's just some audacity to this evaluation in the mm -hmm. first place. And what about the, the kids who grow up without their mother? 
when their mother passes away at birth are you saying that for that obviously that is a tragic thing to deal with but are you saying that for some reason this child is not going to be able to overcome that obstacle even if you know it is one for them so uh, you know i just i there's so many flaws in this argument that gay parents are somehow wrong it's so hard to break down and it's one of the reasons why i think we both had a hard time wanting to cover this because it's like it it makes us angry not only because it affects us personally but but because there's no basis in this argument besides blatant and i hate to say it homophobia and i thought we had kind of settled this stuff some of it really i really thought we had and it's just it's part of the pendulum swinging back that uh they're really going back to some of these beliefs and maybe it's just twitter maybe it's just some alpha red pill idiots on the internet um, yeah, I'm hoping that's all it is, but I, I just have to say it's depressing to me and uh, gosh, well, we will keep engaging with it and discussing it. Let us know what you think. If you disagree with us, let us know. Uh, but Clarkson, it has been a pleasure to have you back on the damage control podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, guys, thanks so much for watching. This has been the Damage Control Podcast. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, yada, yada, yada. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, take a second and give us a review and a rating. It really helps. And with that, we'll see you all next week.